from Essence of Nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly, but Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deeds will be remembered and discussed. Now this woman had given complete authority in her life to Jesus. And she lived that out through her actions. And those actions Jesus commends her for in front of this entire crowd that is gathered for this dinner. As this woman laid her life at Jesus' feet, there were others around the table at this dinner that went a different direction. And continue the story in Mark 14, verses 10 through 11. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests to arrange to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted when they heard when he had come. They had promised to give him money, so he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. And after Judas accepts this new assignment, the story continues at another dinner, at a very famous supper. And that story continues in verses 12 through 26. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go to prepare the Passover meal for you? So Jesus sent two of them to Jerusalem with these instructions. As you go into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal? with my disciples. He will, take, he will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. So the two disciples went into the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the twelve. As they were at the table eating, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you eating with me here will betray me. Greatly, greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, am I the one? He replied, it is one of you twelve who is eating from the bowl with me. For the son of man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. 
it is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it, drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. And they were together again at this meal that we know as the Last Supper. Again, this Last Supper was a very significant meal in the Jewish calendar and um, and celebration. It was the Passover meal. Right? And the Passover was to celebrate again Jesus saving the firstborn sons right, of Israel before they left Egypt. Right, of when, again, God's spirit protected them and the death spirit passed over them. And as a bit, the main part of that celebration was they would sacrifice a lamb. Right, and that lamb was the Passover lamb. It was the sacrifice right, that would um, connect them back to God, right, that would save them. Again, the timing of this dinner and of Jesus going to the cross right, was no coincidence. Because Jesus becomes our sacrificial lamb. Jesus takes the place of that Passover lamb for us. And yet at this dinner, Jesus instituted a new commandment, right, of communion. And yet we do this because, again, yearly they were reminded by the Passover lamb, the slaughter of the lamb every year, right, of the sacrifice that needs to be made to pay for their sin. And Jesus said, since I'm taking the place of that lamb, I'm going to tell you, and he told us, right, to celebrate communion. So we would remember. Right, remember what? And we heard in that passage, right, that he says, the bread represents his body that was broken for us. Right, and literally, Jesus' body is about to be broken hours after this. Right, and the, and the, the wine represents his blood that was spilled. The blood that seals the new covenant of grace. And it is by that blood that we can be saved. And that we are washed clean. So during this next song, um, we are going to partake in communion, exactly as the disciples did that that first communion with Jesus. And we're going to continue the story after the Last Supper with Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 41. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Jesus, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell on the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same hour as before. 
when he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, Go ahead and sleep. Yeah. Have your rest, but know the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Here in the garden, Jesus prays, and he begs the Father to accomplish accomplish this mission in any other way. Right? And yet, Jesus submits to the Father's authority. Right? And he continues on this journey towards the cross. And the first step of that journey was being arrested and being taken to a very quick trial. And there he submits himself to the earthly religious leaders. And then we see this trial told in Mark 14, verses 53 through 65. They took Jesus to the high priest's home where the leading priests, the elders, and the teachers of the religious law gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and went right into the high priest's courtyard. There he sat with the guards, warming himself by the fire. Inside, the leading priests and the entire high council were trying to find evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death, but they couldn't find any. Many false witnesses spoke against him, but they contradicted each other. Finally, some men stood up and gave this false testimony. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days I will build another made without human hands. But even then they didn't get their story straight. Then the high priest stood up before the others and asked Jesus, well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus was silent and made no reply. Then the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, Why do we need another witness? You have all heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they all cried. He deserves to die. Then some of them began to spit at him, and they blindfolded him and beat him with their fists. Prophesy to us, they jeered, and the guards slapped him as they took him away. So at this trial, we see the only public declaration that Jesus makes in the entire gospel about his divine authority and his true identity. In Mark 14, verses 61 and 62, again, we see this, this huge declaration by Jesus. Right? When he says that Jesus was silent and made no reply, and then the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand, coming on the clouds of heaven. Again, Jesus makes the declaration, and as he says, I am, notice they're both capitalized. This is the same phrase that is used in the Old Testament in the burning bush. When, when uh, again, when, when Moses asks, who, who is it that's talking to me? And God says, I am. And this is the only public declaration that Jesus makes in the entire gospel about his divine authority. 
And yet, as he makes that claim, he is telling us right, that it is only through him that we can be saved. It is through Christ and Christ alone right, that our debt has been paid. It is by Christ's power that we can be saved. And it's important to keep our focus on the true destination of our journey, which is Jesus Christ. And by his power, we stay on that right path. And yet, even the strongest can struggle. And we see the disciples struggle, but especially one very specific disciple. We see his struggle start in verses 27 through 31 in Mark chapter 14. On the way, Jesus told them, all of you will desert me for the scripture says, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. And Peter said to him, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. Peter himself didn't believe that he would ever fail to keep Christ as his authority. And yet, we see that even Peter, relying on his own strength instead of Christ's power, still failed. Mark 14, 66 through 72. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and said, You were, the one, you were one of those with Jesus of Nazareth, but Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said, and went out of the entryway. Just then, a rooster crowed. When, when the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, this man is definitely one of them, but Peter denied it again. A little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them because you are a Galilean. Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. Then he broke down and wept. The story continues in Mark 15, verses 1 through 15. Very early in the morning, the leading priests, the elders, and the teachers of the religious law the entire high council met to discuss their next step. They bound Jesus, led him away, and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, You have said it. Then the leading priests kept accusing him of many crimes, and Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer them? What about all these charges they are bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing. Much to Pilate's surprise, 
Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at that time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release a to release a prisoner as usual. Would you like me to release to you this king of Jews? Pilate asked, for he realized by now that the leading priests had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked, Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call the king of Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. So, the, so to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus, he ordered Jesus's flo Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. And now we see Jesus as he submits himself to the Roman authorities in order to accomplish his mission. Even Pilate didn't think that Jesus deserved the cross, and yet he still sent Jesus to die on that cross. The cross was not only a physical form of torture, but along with it came public mocking and ridicule. And we see this all play out in Mark 15, verses 16 through 32. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters, called the Praetorium, and called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in a purple robe, and they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him on the head with a reed stick, spit on him, and dropped to their knees in mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe, the purple robe, and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. A passerby named Simon, who was a Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus, and they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They offered him wine drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The sign announced the charge against him. It read, the king of the Jews, two revolutionaries were crucified with him one on his right and one on his left. 
the people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others. They scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. Jesus submitted himself to all of this suffering for one reason. Because he loves us. All of this suffering and all this mockery leads to the ultimate price that Jesus would pay, as we see in verses 33 to 41. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. Then at 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lima sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the Son of God. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of, of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salam. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. Jesus' mission came to its apex at this moment. Everything that Jesus had done and taught, every miracle and every healing, every challenge and every parable, all come to this point. And then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the Son of God. At this moment, this moment that Jesus breathes his last and gives up his spirit, is when the light of Jesus had never shone brighter. The light of Jesus had never shone brighter than at this moment. Jesus followed up every claim and every prediction as he gave up his life. And at this moment, even this Roman officer openly and emphatically declares that Jesus is the ultimate authority. This man truly was the Son of God. This light of life represents the totality of Jesus of his divine authority exercised on the cross. Now we're going to watch a, a, a video. And during this video, this one light is going to be passed from 
candle to candle. And as it spreads throughout the room, we will watch the light spread. And it represents the love of God that was shown through the cross. And how that love could go out to save everyone through this one life. While we watch the video, again, the worship team's going to take their light out and come to you. And as we watch this video, we will spread this light that represents the light of Jesus and the love he had for each of us. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame I love that old cross with the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain well, That old rugged cross So despised by the world Has a wondrous attraction for Religious leaders thought that they had extinguished the light of Jesus for good by putting him in that tomb. We're going to conclude our time here tonight by extinguishing this light and then exiting in silence 
and in the dark. As I read this last passage of Scripture, just one by one, I ask that you guys would blow out your candles. And after I read these five verses, just my candle will be lit. And then I'm going to pray and I'm going to blow out my candle, which represents the light of Jesus being put into that tomb. And then we're going to leave as silently as we can. Just ask that you would remain that way until you got into the foyer or into outside. Mark 15, verses 42 to 47, where it says, This all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead. So he called for the Roman officer and asked if he had died yet. And the officer confirmed that Jesus was dead. And so Pilate told Joseph that he could have the body. And Joseph brought a long sheet of linen cloth. And then he took Jesus' body down from the cross. He wrapped it in the cloth and laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. And then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where they had, where Jesus' body was laid. Let's pray. Lord God, as we're here tonight, we're remembering, hearing, experiencing the suffering, the pain, and the agony that you went through on that Good Friday. God, we remember now that your motivation. Lord, in submitting to all of these different earthly authorities to die a cruel death on a cross was done for one reason. And that was to pay our price for our sins so we can be saved. Lord, tonight we remember that. And God, we know that this Friday is good because of what we know is coming. God, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you that these religious leaders were sorely mistaken. That there was no possible way they could keep your light extinguished forever. We thank you for that. Or as we go now and continue to prepare our hearts for the celebration of Easter Sunday. God, lead us and guide us as we continue to focus on you and our journey of faith and worship you with everything we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.